All right, hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Hi, Jake. How's it going? Uh, things are well here. I'm pretty exhausted, but other than that, everything is good. My uh, daughter has uh, um, bronchitis. Oh, that sucks, so man. She wakes up every night at like midnight to 2 a.m., and she crawls in bed with us, and then she wants to snuggle, but then she coughs and wakes up my wife, who has to get up for work, so I take her out and snuggle with her on the couch. So then I lay awake all night while she falls in and out of sleep, and then I'm awake, you know, so I haven't had sleep in three, four days. That sounds like a horrible domino effect of, like, no one getting any sleep. Exactly. So, um, this week, listeners, we are back, and uh, mostly modern, we're... We, we post on Mondays, or we, we, we are recording several days before, but uh, we have to make up for all our mistakes. Last week, if uh, you are just joining us, what we did is two weeks ago we recorded, uh, we recorded two episodes back-to-back, and we guessed about the Super Bowl, the Iowa caucuses, and uh, what have you. And, well, uh, that's all come and gone. And, Jake, how do you think we did? Do you remember what you guessed? I didn't listen to it, but I kind of remember I think we both said we wanted the Broncos to win, but we thought that Donald Trump was going to win the Super Bowl. It's weird that we picked that. <laughs> it was the Carolina Panthers that won the Super Bowl. Well, um, it was. We, I think it was the orange Donald Trump or no, hair. Sorry. Yeah, it was. It was. It was the no, Broncos, the Broncos did the win. We we both wanted the Broncos yeah. to win, and we thought but that, we, the but we that the Panthers would win. win. That's but right. we were wrong, and so that's like a happy happy thing. Happy. Uh, yeah. And we also talked about and this. On Facebook, I'm in a couple of groups with friends, and that Cam Newton thing we discussed in passing. We didn't really talk about it too much. The fact that Cam Newton's a douchebag, and some people are saying it's because, you know, like, oh, you just don't like him because he's black. And it's like, no, I don't like him because he's a douchebag. Well, that thing got huge after the Super Bowl because he, did you, do you know, do you know what he did? Did you hear anything? Didn't he like refuse to answer questions or something like that? He got up and walked out of his press conference. They, you know, they asked him all the questions that always happens. Like, how do you feel after this loss? Is there anything you could yeah. have done different? And he just stared at him silently, gave like answers like, I don't know, whatever. And then he just got up and went, I'm done and walked out. And it's like, you petulant little fucking pouty child. I know it sucks that you lost a game, but you lost a game. You are a multi, multi-millionaire, and people are trying to defend it by saying, dude, he just lost the Super Bowl. Come on. I'm like, dude, he gets to go home and drive his fucking Lamborghini and live in his mansion with his $100 million contract. Don't ask me to feel sorry for him because he's a pouty child. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like all you're really doing is maybe hurting future contracts down the road by doing this. It's like, at the end of the day, if, if if you're not a strong team player, like if, if you're not good at leading the team, keeping them together, that kind of thing, that's that's taking points off of your quarterback abilities. It, it is, man. And I, I'm not saying that it's it's you know him being a uh, a, a, a great athlete, uh, a great kind of tactician on the field can't override that. But eventually, he's going to get older, yeah. and he's not going to be able to throw as far. He's not going to be able to run as fast, and being a douchebag that can't lead for shit is going to keep him from being an effective quarterback. People are not going to want to work with somebody like that. Well, and did you watch the game? Do you did you see? And then it's been news ever since the game. The big play. No, I was uh, I was putting together a uh, dresser. 
Oh, during the Super Bowl. Well, there you go. Well, there was one play. There, he got he got sacked a bunch of times, and he had the ball stripped out of his hand a couple times. And there was one, and you can look this up online. It's been, there's been a lot made of it where the ball got stripped, and it got I don't know if it got shoved or kicked, but you can see him. They've shown this tape repeatedly. He's right there. All he has to do is jump at it. But there's a Bronco right there that looks like it might hit him. So he literally jumps backwards. Like, ooh, dude, I, if I went for the ball, I'd get hurt. Like, he jumped away from the ball instead of ju- And the Broncos scored on the next play or in, in that next series. And it pretty much sealed the deal, if anything. So it was like that. Oh, man. So you talk about him being a poor leader. Yeah. And not being trusted. It, it literally, you, and then he made an excuse like, dude, the way my leg was positioned, if I jumped at it, I would have hurt myself. Like, okay, and Tony Romo plays with broken ribs. Andrew Luck, and I'm not saying that's what you it's need to do. a bitch move, Mr. Newton. Yeah. It's a bitch move, indeed. Like, I, I don't want uh, Andrew Luck or Tony Romo to play with broken ribs, but the fact that they go out there and do it because they want to be leaders and they hide the pain is like, that speaks to their character. Whether or not it's smart is another thing. Maybe it's smart not to play hurt, and it well, not maybe it is smart not to play hurt. But man, you hear about the the way the teams talk about him. They're like, yeah, fucking, he's a leader. He he goes out there and gives it his hundred and ten percent. Not, oh, dude, I couldn't fall on the ball because whatever. But yeah, look, I mean, go ahead. Getting hurt in the Super Bowl—that's game to get hurt in. You yeah, know? you got you the got the off season to recuperate. Right. Well. Uh, how do you think we did on politics? Politics, uh, it's it's right. I I I won in Iowa. Uh, take her. I like. I, I don't care about what actually happens in the election at this point. I I just want to beat you in guesses. And so, <laughs> are we yeah, going to guess every caucus? Because we only guessed that one. I don't think you won in Iowa, didn't we? Split it. I said it would be Trump Hillary, and you said it would be Cruz. No, Sanders. no. I'm saying I'm saying I, I won on the on the Republican side. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we you, split you won it on the Democrat yeah. side. I, I will point out by a very narrow margin. Oh, yeah. It's being contested. And, and coin there were some shady coin tosses co- for you to win that one. Me, no I, I, shady I, I crushed coin tosses. They were all on fucking uh, videotape. Now, what surprised me is not so much that Cruz won, because I was like, oh, shit. But New Hampshire, dude, fucking Rubio comes in third with this strong showing in Iowa. And then he shits the bed in New Hampshire, and out of nowhere, fucking John Kasich, Kasich, well, I see, the funny thing is, is The Daily Show made fun of people not being able to pronounce his name this week, and I'm getting it wrong too, John Kasich. Uh, I just, look, it's kind of an Eastern European sounding name, so I just kind of go, I go with like the the traditional pronunciation with it. He came out of fucking nowhere. So, all right, let's not talk politics this week, though, because we we, we beat that into the ground, I think, unless you have anything you really want to say. I, I will say that Marco Rubio seems kind of more like a vice president to me. Yeah. I, I, he seems more like a Robin, doesn't he? Like a, like a <laughs> more so than a more Batman. Conservative, slightly more gay boy wonder, doesn't he? <laughs> Kind of picture. I'm not even talking the Val Kilmer Robin. I'm talking the old school Adam West Robin, the one that looks like he just came from. You're talking like a Burt Ward and Chris O'Donnell. Or You're screwing up names. Chris O'Donnell was the Robin with Val Kilmer, and Burt Ward was the Robin with with. Uh, uh, well, I don't know Adam the actual West. names of the guys. I was saying they're Robin. <laughs> oh, okay, you know? okay. I know the, the names Bat- of the guys because that's. I know how, the names of the Batmans. That's how I don't know the names I of the Robins. It's weird that you knew both the Robins' names. That's like some 
that's like some Rain Man shit without the stuttering. I grew up on comic books. What can I say? It's, it's the Rain Man shit without any practical use of it. I can't go to Vegas and name off people who have played Robin and win any money at it. That might come up in Jeopardy or something. That could be true. Um, Hang on a second. I got to sneeze. There you go. That was an awesome sneeze. Yeah, no, yeah, I was going to say, we might have to edit that one out. Man. No, we're leaving that in. That was good. Smoke. That was good. Right, listeners, enough, listeners, listeners are keeping that one. one. I'm proud of that one. One of my favorite um, Simpsons moments is, do you remember when the Simpsons, uh, when Homer was in the B-Sharps, the band, the, the barbershop quartet? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I don't know how many people got the joke, but I did. But he, he wrote his first song, Baby on Board. And he's like, baby on board, something, something, Burt Ward. Hey, this song writes itself. And I just busted out laughing because I got a Burt Ward as Robin reference. And I don't know how many people got that reference, but I thought it was fucking hilarious. Like, because that was, who but a Simpsons writer is going to think to throw in a Burt Ward, Robin, 60s Batman reference in the middle of The Simpsons? But someone that, did, and I love it. That's true. You, you, you're probably literally one of ten guys that got that <laughs> joke. I remember it to this day because it, I found it so amusing. <laughs> so, well, this week, uh, what we can talk about, we can, we can talk about many, many things. Um, I had sent you a link to an article. Actually, I've sent you a half a dozen links, and I don't remember any of them, but... One thing that we sort of bounced around talking about was plastic surgery in Korea. Did you have a chance to read about that? Oh, I did not. That was from two weeks ago, man. I did see a really good Vice documentary on that stuff a while ago, man. Okay, so we get so listeners, this is the path we're going down. I read the article. Or and, did I read an article about it? Well, but you're familiar. You're not just. I'm, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, they, they're, it's it's. Per capita, it's I think they've had more business. plastic surgery than any other country, right? They have. It's the number one plastic surgery company or, or country in the world. Like, they are insane for plastic surgery there. They get, like, the article that I sent you, and I, first of all, let me, well, no, I'm not going to backdoor into it with how I found it, but I, um, you know how when you're um, selling a house, if your house doesn't sell, the realtor will say, like, hey, maybe you should paint these walls or... Um, maybe put on a granite countertop and then... Right, right. Well, in Korea, apparently, they really... Relatives will say, like, you would be a lot prettier if you had your jaw tapered, you know? Like, or your nose is too Asian or your eyes are too Asian. Like, literally, they are doing the Michael Jackson where Michael Jackson wanted to be a white... Uh, girl, they want to be white people. They they want to be Caucasian. They, I they was get just going to say that eye rounding. their Korean family members will tell them that they're eyes are too asian looking for korea yeah yeah they they it's to be pretty weird, like it's this horrible horrible self-loathing is that's not how it's described but that's what it is when you are korean and you want your eyes altered to look american because you think american is more beautiful than your native look that's sad i think that's that's this i mean it's like korea is one Dude, big beverly be hills if you were if you were a south korean lady and you listen to Aunt Whoever the fuck who was telling you, listen, you got it. You got to get the round eyes. I'm going to pay for your surgery. You got to get those round American eyes. You don't want to be too Asian looking, right? But then she gets a scholarship to school in America only to find out that a lot of guys here are kind of into Asian women. And she was like, but I paid all the money to fucking not look Asian. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Aunt, Aunt Karen or whoever, whatever the Asian name for Karen is, I need you to give me 
more plastic surgery money to undo what you did. They love Asian women here. I don't know what kind of information you're getting, but that doesn't apply to, uh, uh, you know, Ohio State, wherever the hell I'm going. <laughs> well, here's the... The other sad thing about it, since you talk about that, the Asian fetish that we all have. Do you have an Asian fetish, Jake? No, I don't really have any kind of fetishes. My my fetish well, you know what is I mean. women that have roughly three to six Long Island iced teas in them. <laughs> that's a, As I'm just saying, statistically speaking, that's where my sweet spot is. That is a good one. Well, I used to have an Asian fetish. Like It was one of those things that I, I, I loved the, the, the Asian porn, I suppose, or, you know, just like the, the idea, the romanticism, the, the unique... The exotic Orient, you know, not even Asian porn. That's a little disgusting, obviously. But, you know, the idea of just like, oh, there's something that turns me on. Until I went to Japan and Korea. And then I realized that Japan and Korea are like everywhere else in the world. It's the 1% that are beautiful and the 99% are just fucking ugly. And that's not a slam on Korea, Japan. I'm talking the entire world. Like, you go to somewhere and they say, oh, they think all Americans are blonde and beautiful. And they come here and they go to fucking Iowa or Ohio. And it's just, you know, fat trailer trash or anywhere in America. is just fu And so illusions are shattered. They see Beverly Hills and, and Hollywood and think everyone's beautiful. And it's the same with the, the Asian fetish. You get over there and you see them and you're like, you are just the, the general population is fucking shud ugly and it kind of it kind of kills your boner i'm not gonna lie it's just too bad i'm sorry to hear that maybe maybe there's something to all this plastic surgery you know <laughs> and at first i thought it was a bad thing but now you've convinced me i think more korean women need to get plastic surgery I except think you're the except, greatest spokesman, except for the eyes keep the eyes asian because that turns us on and then you can do whatever you want with the noses and the chins and the ears and the whatever. But yeah, we the maybe yes or no. Maybe the eyes that we think are Asian are uh, <laughs> eyes that they've already had surgery up. That's to yes. look with what 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 we perceive as Asian, and it's actually some other shit. You know what I mean? Like maybe <laughs> maybe the un uh, plastic surgery Korean eyes is is hideous, and you know for the for the past I I, I don't know fifty years or whatever. They've just been getting really good, cheap surgery. Well, I mean, the competition is fierce. Um, I'll, I'll just read directly from this article uh, in The New Yorker if anybody wants to look it up. It's called About Face. Well, you just sneezed or did something. About Face. And there are between four and 500 clinics within a square mile in Seoul and, get this, some clinics occupy as many as 16 floors in a high-rise. That's like going to the World Trade Center or World Trade Center 1. And what imagine are you saying one clinic is 16 floors 16, or it's just 16 floors of different clinics? It says one, some clinics occupy as many as 16 floors. Holy so that's, shit. That's like Wall Street where you go and, uh, um, you know, Goldman Sachs takes up 16 floors. But this is one clinic yeah. and you just have rows and rows and rows. Like, okay, here in America, we go to the mall and we see the Asian nail salon and every, and it's just rows of people, uh, women with their feet. And, and they, that's what the plastic surgery is like there. You go and it's just a row of wow. plastic surgery tables. It is insane. And the, the, the thing that I think of is, and I, I don't see it in the article, is I bet it's probably, depending on the airfare, cheaper to get a flight over to Seoul and get plastic surgery done there than it is in America, depending on what the price is. Because well, it makes I mean, sense, such... you know, and, and and there's probably a lot more doctors there per capita. If you, if you look at, I, I mean, I I went to 
the University of Iowa, and there was a lot of uh, international students, particularly from uh, East Asian company, countries and then uh, India. And a lot of them were, were, were there going to school for really practical shit. It was, it was you know, uh, medical things. It was, it was business. It was law. It, things like that. Because that's what their I, – I mean, a lot of it was their parents. But just, you know, culturally, they're like, that's, this is what the fuck we respect. This is what we're, we're into. That's how you crush it. Whereas, like, so many of the American students were like, well, I'm going to be a DJ. I'm yeah. just kind of doing this part. And – it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm not one to talk. I'm trying to do comedy. <laughs> I mean, Here we are, starving artists. Me. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. supposed like, to be like, adults and we're fucking, you know, you want to see our tax returns, everyone? <laughs> not pretty. Right. They and, 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 and they all sat right up front in class. I mean, it was it was all business. They weren't showing up drunk and hungover like so many of the rest of us. It was I, I mean, just the students from that area of the world were like, OK, this is what the fuck I'm going to do. And so I think that naturally per capita, you're going to have more plastic surgeons, hence your supply and demand. I mean, you're, you're going to have more of them marketing it like, hey, this is a good thing and more of them driving up the quality and driving down the price. And so, yeah. If, if you keep that up, sure, maybe you can have uh, like 16 floor plastic surgery offices, man. Like that's that's crazy. I'm not saying that's I mean, it's probably a good thing in, 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 in lots of other respects medically. But plastic surgery, I think, is a bit uh, it's just vain and wasteful. And it's all you're doing is altering meat that's going to fucking sag and age anyway, man. Yeah, well, eventually you name a single uh, person. Up there in years, I'm not name a single elderly person that looks good with plastic surgery, where everything's wrinkled except these weird fucking plastic, you know, plastic areas of their face or body. I mean, it's I don't, I can't speak to what cultural phenomenon it is in Korea other than self-loathing. But there's there's another part that says that a typical high school graduation gift for a Korean teenager is a nose job or a double eyelid surgery. No way. It's like here we get, uh, we get, we have a kegger. It's crazy. It is, it's beyond crazy. Like it's a country that worships plastic surgery. It is, I, I don't get it. I can't wrap my head around it. Like I've read the article, but there's no, it, 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 it talks about procedures and it talks about people wanting to look like two girlfriends go into an office and say, can they, can we look like one another? Um, wow. But there's no bre breakdown of why other than everyone does it, you know, and insults one another. Like, why do you want your surgery? Do, are you getting married or is it to get a better job or you want better self-confidence? Like it, it's, it's so ingrained in the society that I, I, I just, again, it boggles my goddamn mind. Yeah, there's an article I read a long time ago that said that one of the, surgeries that they get that's kind of common i mean i mean this is more uh orthodontist but they'll they'll get teeth to look like they've never had braces like fucked up teeth because it looks what? more adolescent or something like that yeah it's it's I, I wish i could find that article man like yeah that's that's one of the surgeries that's pretty common there see is fucking your teeth up basically 
So they want to look British. Um, I know a comedian, yeah. Shannon Thompson, <laughs> who does a joke that uh, said that it's, it, you made me think of this. He, he said that he saw a documentary or an art, read an article on people that will shoot you so that you look tough, like give you a non-lethal shot with a low caliber bullet. So you have the bullet wound scar, but you know, like, okay, I'm going to shoot you here where I know you're, I'm not going to hit an artery or, you know, gets, but li- so that you look, I, I don't know. It doesn't really relate to teeth, but it's the first thing I thought of is, is the idea Weird. of getting shot safely, you know? Couldn't you just do a puncture wound? I look, suppose. I mean, it's not like, it's not like you're going to show somebody a puncture wound say it was a bullet wound and they're going to go all CSI on you with a ruler and calipers and uh, trying to match it to caliber. And like, no, it, it's, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a puncture wound that, you know, bullets go into you. It's a, it's a fucking piece of lead that goes into you. It's a bullet wound. Yeah. I mean, I don't get it, but I don't get any of it. I, I just, um, well, uh, rereading the article, I guess there's something I missed that says the national, I'm reading, I'm quoting again, I'm quoting directly from the New Yorker article. The fi- national fixa- fixation on plastic surgery began in the aftermath of the Korean War, triggered by the offer made by American occupational forces to provide free reconstructive surgery to maimed war victims. And so how fucked up is that, that it is like a good deed gone awry? Like here we are. Uh-huh. How many, so say 1960, 70, 80, 90, 2010, you know, we're 70 years, give or take, away from the Korean War, and what was, hey, you 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 have the bullet wound, and we're going to make it look normal, and now it's, hey, we're going to give you fucked up teeth, because it'll, I mean, wow. You think maybe there was just like one or two surgeons back in the day that were so just ahead of their time, as like they were basically the nip-tuck guys? Well, and, and yes, 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 because as, as uh, okay, so Dr. Ralph Millard, the chief plastic surgeon for the Marine Corps, said uh, they're wishing to change their Asian eyes to, uh, you know, Occidental is what they're calling it. Uh, um, okay, here we go. Ready for this? They could change yeah. the eyes. The procedure was a hit and caught on fast, especially with Korean prostitutes who wanted to attract American GIs. It was indeed a plastic surgeon's paradise. So this is where it's rooted in, is these women wanted, these prostitutes wanted to make more money fucking more American Marines, and now today it is ingrained in society. Yes. I mean, my God. Uh, Let me, let me, because I'm I'm stealing so much from it. Let me me say it again. The New Yorker, the article is about face written by Patricia Marks. I've quoted it several times, so I want to give absolute credit and, and tell people to go read the entire thing because it is so fucked up. We, we can't even begin to touch up, touch on how, you know, this is like the Scientology one. We could do three episodes talking about how fucked up Korean plastic surgery is. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, what I would say was like, do you, do you think that you said it started off as people getting reconstructive surgery for war wounds. So what I'm saying is, do you think there were a couple guys that were so goddamn good at it that just mangled, you, you know, wounded soldiers and civilians and stuff like that were going in to see these guys, and then they were coming out and were like, dude, you look even better before you took that shrapnel to the face. I, 
I want to go take shrapnel <laughs> to my face. And people were, were just like faking war wounds, going into like the, the real, like the Leonardo da Vinci of plastic right. and, and he'd be like, "Wait a minute, dude, that looks like a fork and chisel wound. That's that's not a real shrapnel. Get the hell out of here!" And, and it's like a. Is like a soldier that shoots himself in the foot so that he doesn't have to go on duty. That wasn't a wound. You did that. We can tell by the angle. Right. People were were shooting themselves in the face just to get worked on by the, the great uh, Chen Da Vinci. And so eventually one guy went in there with just like a like like a fork and knife wound. And he was just like, dude, it's ain't a war wound. You did this with a fork and knife. And the guy was like, oh, come on. Mr. Da Vinci, I'll, I'll pay you, you know, 20,000 yen or whatever they were using back then. I don't even know what they use now. But uh, uh, and, and you could just know. see the lights. Yen is Japanese. Head. Yen is Japanese. I can't yeah, think yen's of Japanese. I, I don't know what they use in Korea. But, uh, yeah, and he was just like, you're going to pay me how much? 20,000? Oh, and then he just opened up shop, and the rest is history. Have you ever they need to make a movie about that guy. You ever been to Korea? or not. You ever been to Korea? I I have not, dude. But my uh, my youngest brother did some training there. Everybody I've ever talked to that was stationed there said they fucking loved it, man. Oh yeah, I I I've, I've been through several times doing comedy tours, and uh, I mean, it, it changed. It's so fucked up how in just maybe eight years that I went, I watched it change. Like I would go back every two years yeah. and, and the prostitute bars would just disappear. And they just tried to, it was like a bootleggers paradise. You could go and they were actively out in the open making fake coach bags and fake Gucci bags. And all okay. the soldiers would buy them for their girlfriends and send them home. It's like, shit. Yeah. Cause they don't know any better. Yeah. as like a Gucci bag is, I'm going to make this up $300 and you get it for 30 there. And Dude, that's awesome. It was just, but that was every shop, and you could go get a suit <laughs> tailor made for you. And, uh, but yeah, all the prostitute bars. But there was one section of town that I never found, and I got told by every GI, it's like, yeah, that's that's the Korean prostitute section. They only allow Koreans there. If if an American shows up, they get really fucking pissed. It's like nationalistic prostitution. I'm like, all right, well, really, yeah, I, I guess I'll stay away, but. Yeah, I, I went Holy into shit. Russian prostitute bars and Filipino mainly, mainly Filipino prostitute bars. It was pretty neat. And we, cool, we, we've talked about this before, back when uh, we talked about you being with a prostitute, because that's my one life regret, is every time, <laughs> every time I went overseas, I always had a girlfriend, and I it's, it's that Stanhope joke that says, just cheat, because once you get dumped, you're going to wish you had cheated, and that's absolutely what happened to me. Is like I just wanted to get a blowjob or fuck a prostitute just to say I did it, and fuck, and I never did, and I regret it to this day that I that I because you know I wasn't it's with true. my wife it's, yet. It's like my grandpa always used to say growing up: the only things you regret in life is the times you didn't cheat on your significant <laughs> other while you were overseas with a prostitute. Yeah, yeah, and it plays any in, of them really. And it plays in with my uh, the the Asian fetish I had because that's that's the thing is I tell you I go over there and like the the civilian population was chud ugly, but the Filipino prostitutes were the most beautiful little tight packages you have ever seen. They were really they were these little five foot nothing creatures that oh just I I you you oh you fell in love just every every five seconds you'd turn around and one was more beautiful than the next. Do you think a plastic surgeon that also runs a brothel is going to hear this? I'd be like, guys, we've been doing it all wrong. We need to. 
Make them look Filipino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got the next thing. I got the next thing in South Korean plastic surgery, well, particularly for brothels. I have been looking at our podcast numbers, and we are very big in South Korea. Yeah? No. I, I remember the one time I told you we got an accidental. I say accidental, but I don't know. We got a, we got a listener. Uh, we got one hit from a Scandinavian country once, and I don't remember what it was, but I remember Coming telling across. you and pointing it out that, hey, we've gone international. But uh, if, if, if we ever get hits from South Korea, I will let you know. <laughs> Dude, my, my little brother told me a funny story when he was in South Korea. I mean, I mean, like, he was totally being a dick or whatever, but this is pretty good. So the, the, the cab drivers were... Korean dudes, they, they spoke enough English that they could get you to the basic destinations that you were going and give you a price. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're, they're, they're they're Korean. They've been in Korea their whole lives. They don't, they don't speak English, really, right? And so, he one night, he's, he's out he's out drinking with a bunch of guys from his unit, and they all get in the cab. My, my, my little brother gets in the front, and you know, these guys don't speak English, so they're not going to really get jokes or anything, and so he says this to him, and it's a really dick thing to say, but he's fucking hammered, and, you know, he's like, you know, the guy speaks Korean, he's not going to get it. Once they get in, my brother turns to the cab driver and goes, oh, hello, right, does that, and the cab driver looks back at him, and in, like, perfect English, I'm talking American accent, like Midwest, he just looks at him and casually goes, you're a fucking dick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, turned out the guy was born in the U.S. Like, his, right. his, his parents were, were Korean, but they moved here. He was born in the U.S., uh, lived here his whole life. I mean, went to high school, went to college here. We just moved back there to kind of work and make money for a few years. Was doing grad school or something. And, uh, I mean, he spoke fluent so he, yeah, and he knew. Parents taught him to it. And yeah, took him back to regularly, but but he uh, knew was, he was, was being mocked. very much first language, yeah. dude. And I mean, but you wouldn't have thought would you look at the guy because ethnically the guy's Korean, but right. he grew up in fucking like Ohio or something. That's fantastic. Good on him yeah. for fucking shutting your brother. This is how oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. This is my favorite memory of Korea. Um, well, not my favorite one, but it's the one that pops to mind. Is you know they don't have like OSHA over there or code or building standards or anything like that so i got to my first hotel ever and i have a picture of this on my computer i've i've I come across it like once a year when I'm looking, I'm like, oh shit, I remember that. So I'm on like the fourth floor of this. It's only like a seven story, seven story um, hotel, but I'm on like the fourth or fifth floor. I don't remember exactly. And my fire escape was a rope, like no exaggeration. (laughs) There was a red box that that had Korean lettering on one side and English on the other. And it said fire escape on it. And it was a rope so that you, if, if there was a fire, you literally had to tie the rope around your balcony and fucking uh, Adam West Batman that shit down the side of the building. And I took a picture and I'm like, that is fucking hilarious. This is my fire escape. A yeah, rope. You, could, you could never do that here, man. It's no. Because like <laughs> everybody here is all like weighted down with high fructose corn syrup and uh, fast food and can't <laughs> yeah. lift their own body weight. You know, I, I was thinking you're say you can't do it here because of standards and building. Body yeah. weight down. Like people <laughs> no. in this country can't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking hilarious. All right, well, we are uh, capping our uh, time period. Uh, Jake, thank you uh, for talking with me this week. 
Good to hear your voice as always. Where are you? Where, are you, where are you playing tomorrow? Uh, listeners, if you listen to this on Monday and can go back in time to Friday, uh, February 12th, Jake will be at... Oh, see, now I'm really glad that, that you mentioned that people are listening to this in the future because I know I'm playing someplace in Pennsylvania tomorrow. Uh, my girlfriend knows the details and it's on... <laughs> Facebook. I'm getting right, right there. I I'm so shit at plugging things, dude. Like I I should really know where I'm gonna be tomorrow. <laughs> I'm leaving early in the morning to go there. I'm gonna play someplace in Pennsylvania, man. Well, I'm doing a special Valentine's gig in New Hampton, Iowa. It's uh, nice. It's not glamorous, but you know this, they, it beats they... shit out of Old Hampton, dude. Old oh, Hampton is a fucking desolate shithole. Yeah. Well, it's it's a nice bar, and they wanted a Valentine's show, and they're paying my mortgage, so that's all that matters. So. If you can nice. go back in time to Saturday the 13th, that's where I'll be. And uh, if you can't go back in time, well, too bad. All right, if kids. You, if you can do Friday, I'll be somewhere in Pennsylvania, man. Look around real hard. Yeah, and if you, if you don't find Jake, just wave. Just wave at Pennsylvania. Just wave, wave at it on a map. I'll, 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 I'll be there in spirit, man. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Later.